Hey there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode, and we try to answer the five tenets of journalism, who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives. You're listening to episode 27, where we chat with Jay. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. All right, so Jay, who are you? I am a 31-year-old cis female bisexual polyamorous possibly demisexual person. Awesome. (laughs) Wow, that is a very complete answer. (laughs) Thanks. Um, So what drew you to poly? Well, it kind of happened on accident. I was with a partner who actually suggested um, an open relationship to begin with. And it was actually really unhealthy the way that we (laughs) kind of got started with it. And it was very one-sided. It was very one-penis policy. And I was in a period of my life where I had um, hormonal hormonal birth control. And so I was just super low libido and didn't care. So I was like, go ahead, knock yourself out, go date other people, cool. And he was trying that. And then I switched to a copper IUD and suddenly my hormone levels were like back to where they should be, I guess, for me. And I felt like myself. I felt like a teenager. I wanted to date. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I want in on this thing. (laughs) So we started trying to both date other people. And that time it crashed and burned because it was an unhealthy relationship to begin with. So that was a huge learning lesson. But that's sort of how I started to learn about Polly. I think I met Lindsay on OkCupid at that time. Yeah, you did. And I started coming to the Polly meetings and learned, oh, we're doing all this really wrong. So <laughs> um, that was my introduction to it. So uh, what does polyamory mean to you? For me, it's about just opening yourself up to the possibility of what all of the relationships in your life need to be for you to get all of your needs met in a healthy way so for some people it might not be what they need or it might not come along or it might not be healthy for them or whatever but in my case I feel like it makes sense that we can love multiple people in different ways or in the same ways at any given time so why limit ourselves to just that one choice in, in the moment so what if anything do you find difficult about polyamory That's an interesting question, because for me, I'm a lucky person that compersion comes easy to, and it just makes sense. And also, I don't know if it's just the way that I do relationships or the way they make sense to me, but a lot of the time it turns out that like friends become partners for my partners as well as for myself. So it always just feels like, oh, this just happened. This is so easy. Yay. And I think maybe the hardest thing is trying to explain it to people who don't get it or who are really insecure or worried about jealousy. So for them to be so anxious about it and just like questioning, oh, like isn't that going to explode your marriage or aren't you worried they're going to cheat and all this stuff. Like if I run into those conversations, those are hard to navigate because it's really, they won't be convinced until they come to the understanding themselves. So it doesn't happen very often though. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So when did you know you were polyamorous? I guess I sort of just came along into it after that discovery through that not so ethical non-monogamy that it just clicked and made sense I had never heard of it before we tried that but it again like it it just was a natural inclination where I thought yeah you know what it does not bother me to think of my partner with someone else and in fact it makes me feel happy for them and I encourage it so that's when it was just like sure of course Uh, when if ever did you feel different I don't know. I like just had never occurred to me prior to that. And I didn't know it was an option. I guess I'd heard of people who were swingers before that. And I never had a problem with that either. I was like, okay, sure, whatever. But also never desired that necessarily. So um, I guess it just sort of gradually grew. That makes sense. So where are you in your poly journey? I think I'm in a really comfortable place right now where I'm actually personally not actively dating and I'm very fine with that (laughs) Um, I'm feeling like it's at a maturity point where we are doing it well I think and um, it feels comfortable and sustainable and like it's doing very positive things for our lives myself and my nesting partner and so 
I think that this is where we want to be and this is the model and the level that we want to keep going probably for the rest of our lives as it suits us. Well, that sounds like a really happy place to be. It's mm-hmm. great, yeah. <laughs> so our, our usual next question is where do you hope to go? But oh. uh, you kind of answered that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we're there. And, you know, if it ebbs and flows from here, that's totally fine. It feels like we're both currently getting what we want and need out of Polly, and in the future we may want or need less or more and we don't know that so we're kind of taking it as it comes but we've navigated a couple of different you know metamor relationships now so we don't we feel like we know how we react to them and so far we've been really fortunate that all the folks that we've dated in this time period or had in our constellation have been awesome wonderful like considerate emotionally aware people that we haven't had any dramatic struggles with (laughs) not to say that this could never happen but um, my nesting partner and I are both divorcees and remarried so we are kind of on the lookout now for any time that something seems like that's not gonna work out (laughs) we can see it far in advance I think so we have some experience to just sort of nip things in the bud and there have definitely been things to nip like my nesting partner has a a longtime friend who he knew well before I came along and I got to know that friend and his wife and they were also dabbling in non-monogamy more in like a partner swap or partner sharing kind of way and for me I was like okay that's interesting you know it's not quite what I would practice but we can understand each other at least and over time we just had developed the friendship with them and they seemed awesome and I actually rarely get um, like lustful <laughs> attraction to people, but started to develop feelings for the husband in that situation. And it turned out they were reciprocal and we were both interested in each other. And you would think, great, this is going to work out fine. But it turned out that his wife was actually really jealous of just me personally. Um, and so I was pushing all her insecure buttons for some reason. And we talked through it, we talked through it, and we talked through it, and we had a lot of conversations, like just me and him, or me and her, or all three of us, all four of us, and it just never quite seemed like she was going to be okay. No matter how much she said, I want to be okay, and I'm trying to be okay. So to me, I said, I really would love to do this thing, but I cannot engage further with you knowing how it is for her, and so not gonna. And it was really hard, because I was like, oh, it's like someone's dangling a piece of cake in front of you, you know? Um, but that was a a no for me. So being able to find out where our boundaries are and what our limits are in terms of what we're willing to get involved in has been helpful. So at least we know that I guess going forward, that will be informational (laughs) for our future relationship choices. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense is I think when you see a situation that even though all of the verbiage is, it's fine, it's okay, this is going to work, we're all going to, you know, be grown-ups. you still kind of sometimes have that intuition that it's not really quite as easy as yeah. it seems. Right, exactly, which is unfortunate. But, but it's really useful mm-hmm. to have and know about the sort of emotional landscape. And people change. So right. it's not yeah. always a forever thing when you're like, it's not going to work right, right now, but exactly, you know, maybe someday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense too. So why do you think that you are Polly? That's a good question. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's backlash from my, uh, the model my parents provided from mm-hmm. their marriage, which was not a good one. Um, they are people who stayed married when they probably shouldn't have, but, um, you know, sort of stuck to it for the kids, that argument. And I'm like, no, please. Like, I really would rather you hadn't because they were not great at not being verbally and emotionally abusive, especially in my teenage years and particularly my dad. But, um, you know, my mom contributed in her own way, of course. So seeing that model, I was just like, this would have made so much more sense if you guys had gone your separate ways in the 90s and like my mom would have been happier and healthier probably, but we wouldn't have had this or that advantage. I don't know. So you can't change what happened, but it really struck home. Like for me, the lesson I guess is that I've always thought divorce is not a bad thing. It's probably good sometimes. 
maybe a lot of the time. So the idea that there's one person for you and that you get married to them, you stay with them forever and that's it just never quite made sense to me. And so I think the idea that there could be multiple people is an easy step from there. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm reminded too of the Dan Savage quote of like, just because a relationship doesn't end in somebody dying does right. not mean it wasn't a successful relationship. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, and Dan Savage was totally an influence on my <laughs> young adulthood too. <laughs> so why did you agree to be interviewed? I just find it's really interesting to talk about and I love sharing worldviews with other poly folks or people who are interested in learning. Um, I have a therapist that I've seen for many, many years and she's all in on my polyamory, but also she's learning about it from me in some ways and she's great, but I always love talking to her. So I was like, yeah, I'll talk about this to anybody anytime. (laughs) That's very cool. Yeah. So thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The Toolshed is a mission-driven, education-based sex toy store located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. More than your typical adult store, the Toolshed provides quality, body-safe products that enhance the sexual lives and relationships of their customers, and they do it all in a comfortable, compassionate, and welcoming atmosphere. Not located near Milwaukee? That's okay. The Toolshed's online shop at www.toolshedtoys.com serves customers all over the world. The Toolshed strives to be the source for accurate, up-to-date information about sexual health and pleasure. Their store is staffed by sexual educators who are invested in providing sex-positive and inclusive support to their customers throughout their lifespan, no matter where they're from. The Toolshed stocks a large selection of products made from body-safe materials. They have sex toys for folks of all genders, orientations, and inclinations, including gear for strap-on play, vibrators to stimulate a variety of body parts, BDSM gear, kink supplies, and much more. The Toolshed is also proud to offer a large inventory of gender expression supplies like binders, soft packers, shaping underwear, and breast forms. Last but not least, the Toolshed stocks lots of great books on topics like ethical non-monogamy, how to negotiate consent, kinky play, sexual pleasure, sexual health, and so much more. They've got over 500 different titles in stock at their Milwaukee location and host a regular monthly book club too. Every day, the Toolshed staff answers questions about products, pleasure, health, and relationships, all without shame or stigma. The Toolshed also offers in-person and online private consultations for people who have in-depth questions about any of those things, as well as other other subjects like communication and relationships, establishing healthy boundaries, fertility basics, alternative menstrual products, and other topics folks deal with every day as sexual beings. You can visit the Toolshed in person at 2427 North Murray Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or you can check out our online store at www.toolshedtoys.com. From now through the end of 2019, you can use promo code POLY2019, P-O-L-Y-2019, at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. Thanks. All right, and we are back. So... Uh, the topic that we decided to do today with Jay was on demisexuality, as it is kind of a a more commonly used term or identity or label that is being thrown around, but I think also one that people are confused about. And uh, I wanted to learn more, and then I also wanted to, you know, educate about it because I think uh, it it it's a really common word now. But before we get into it, I'd like to read off the definition, just the, uh, you know main Google page definition of (laughs) demisexuality. And that is a demisexual person is one who does not experience sexual attraction unless they form a strong emotional connection with someone. It's more commonly seen in, but by no means confined to romantic relationships. So that's the the simple definition. And uh, what does demisexuality mean to you? That's I adhere pretty well to that definition. I take some objection to it, like from a root word standpoint, because to me, I like used to dance ballet. So I'm like, I'm not half sexual. Like, I'm, <laughs> I totally am sexual fully. And so to me, the word itself is kind of weird. But I guess that it does pretty well describe what apparently happens in relationships for me, because I look at my past and I think, yeah, I tend to get the most romantically and sexually attached and attracted to people with whom I am like very, very good, close, tight friends, like on a deep level. So that happened to me in high school. 
the first time actually that I knew I was bisexual even really was that I out of the blue completely unpremeditated kissed my best friend same sex and had no idea I was into her that way it just sort of like happened and I was like what what did I just do like I didn't even know I was gonna do it and then after that we had a very intense and um like just great sex relationship for a few years but really unhealthy emotionally but because I don't think she is bi or was I don't know but she really liked being loved so it was weird but then yeah I I sort of just tend to fall into things like that where I'll be talking to someone a lot. I'm like, I really like this person. I talk to them all the time. And then, oh, there I go, being into them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's all I can tell. Well, I um, I really love the word demisexual. And I, I, I put it in my OkCupid pro- profile in the first, like, paragraph. Um, not necessarily because I super identify with it, but, like, I identify with it in theory where I'm mm-hmm. like, hey – I, I want people to know when they read my profile that even though I'm poly, which a lot of, especially people who are not in the poly community will assume poly means open to sexual experiences, yeah. which isn't necessarily wrong, but it's also like, um, it doesn't they mean think you'll fuck easy. anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I think you're just like going to be up for everything and anything. Mm-hmm. And I want people to read if they read it all, <laughs> if they read the profile <laughs> at all <laughs> that like <laughs> I would prefer. And I, I usually need a connection. Yes. Uh, you know, my husband, I knew for two years before I ever asked him out, you know, like mm-hmm. I, there are a lot of people who I have dated because I knew them before and I've been friends with them. Mm-hmm. And I put that in there. They're like, I prefer to be friends first. Um, now, does that mean I don't have sexual attraction to complete strangers? No. Right. So it's like, so th- I've I've kind of waffled back and forth between being like, well, no, I can I can have sex on the first date. I have done that before. Mm-hmm. And so does that mean that I'm not a demisexual? Or does it mean that I can form an intimate connection in the span of five hours? You know? <laughs> like, yeah, so, right. Um, so that has been a, a struggle for me, but in theory, I definitely like love the idea behind it that like I need an emotional connection before I can even feel sexually attracted to somebody. Yeah. And I do kind of feel that in a lot of ways. I really have kind of, not always, but generally almost the opposite kind of reaction. Interesting. Like I've found that for the most part, if I'm not attracted to somebody and there's some of that chemistry very early on then it's probably not going to appear later. Mm. Yeah. It might, you know, lay dormant for a while. Uh But, yeah, if there's not an initial attraction or an early on attraction, I'm probably not going to feel an attraction. That is so interesting because I feel like both have happened to me. Mm, So there have been people I went on dates with who I met on OkCupid and and I guess maybe I should say like one person because it really happened once where I saw their profile and passed it by because I was like, well, you know, they seem nice, but whatever, you know. And then they were the one who really pursued me and we got to talking. So like always for me, it has to do with a lot of talking, communicating first. Mm -hmm. And then I guess like, you know, my brain has to engage and we really hit it off over that. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go on a date with you. So we went on a date and they wanted to kiss me at the end of the date. And I don't think I would have done that myself, um, but they initiated that and I said, sure. And it was fine. It didn't like set off any fireworks. It wasn't arousing. I was just like, that was fine. But it was kind of giddy. It's like, oh, they wanted to kiss me. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. I think that was exciting. I think I'm going to see them again. And then after that, that excitement continued to build because we continued to talk. And from there, it was like on fire, like intense mm-hmm. NRE, really, mm-hmm. really strong. So, and I had no base attraction to this person when I saw them on OkCupid. And even when I met them in real life, I was like, whoa, I would never pick them out of the lineup. Like they're not my if I had a type, not my type at all, like a butch lesbian. I was just like, I had no idea that I would be so into this person. <laughs> and yet, whoa, we were. So that's happened. But then also I do see strangers where I'm like, oh, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <Hello. damn. laughs> yeah, like, hello. <laughs> or like, I can see hot people in porn and be turned on by them. So it's not like I don't get sexually attracted to randos, but then also I can become sexually attracted to people that I didn't ever think I would be just because we developed a connection so yeah it's complicated well and i think um dr liz powell identifies as a hypersexual and it's almost the opposite of a demisexual meaning she uh, experiences sexual attraction first and that 
can lead into emotional connection. Oh. And I kind of love that. And that is for me super more cool. true. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because I, I also feel like I, I'm on a, 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 that borderline where I absolutely can be sexually attracted to somebody that I that is Chris Hemsworth. You know, that's <laughs> right. like 100% I would have sex with Chris Hemsworth. Yes. <laughs> I don't know him as a person. Uh-huh. Right. I have an emotional right. connection with him. He might even be an asshole. He but probably yeah. is. I don't know. Yeah. No, he's not. I'd he's, do him. No. <laughs> Thor is right. not an asshole. No. I'm just he's wonderful. Can't be. <laughs> Theoretically, he could be. We don't right. We don't know. That's true. But um so so um but I I have heard that demisexuality is on the asexual spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's also been hard for me because there are points in my life, especially when I'm on certain forms of birth control, where mm-hmm. I, I do feel like I'm an asexual person. Yeah. And then I go on off of birth control and I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> asexual <laughs> at all. Right. So it's funny how you're the, the, like outside things or being in a bad relationship can make oh, you feel like an asexual person yes. or not an as- like like a non-sexual person. Mm-hmm. And um Definitely. And how they, uh, like outside factors will affect you so much. For sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like if there's somebody who you feel like you're supposed to be emotionally intimate with and it has broken down, mm-hmm. then the sexual vibe is likely to also have broken down. Yeah, that has happened to me. <laughs> me too. Yeah. And I don't think there are a lot of people who are out in the community being like, you're misusing this term. I yeah. think it's a a bit of a, fex- a, a flexible term. Um, I mean, there probably are. There are people in all every community that are like, you're co-opting our terms. So stop <laughs> it. Um, but this one is, is I think, a little bit more like of a spectrum. And it is kind of wide. Just like bisexuality is. Because I know that I just saw this meme recently where it was like, bisexuality is not 50-50. You do not have to be attracted to like your gender and a different gender like 50-50% of the time. You can be attracted to your gender 90% of the time and an opposite gender 10% of the time and you're still bisexual. And I was like, oh, I just needed to hear that for some reason. I was like, <laughs> that's so true. And and I love that because sometimes if I'm like out in the world only dating men, I'm like, I really don't feel queer. I don't feel queer anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, but I am. Oh you my know? gosh. And this <laughs> yeah. is so like yeah. another topic, but I feel like that also has so much to do with sexual fluidity. Like for me, it mm-hmm. definitely has changed in different parts of my life with what's going on and what age I am. Whether Absolutely. I'm more into men or more into women or more into non-binary people or yeah. whatever. Because in like historical practice, if I look at just my evidence of past behavior, I'm like a very 50-50 bisexual. But then if I look at what I'm do- thinking and feeling right now, I'm like, I really am just kind of into men right now. <laughs> but then I also think, well, if I was going to seek a partner actively, I think I'd want it to be a woman. So it's like always, who knows? I love the quote of like you know that like you know that sexuality isn't a choice because we're all out here dating men and they're all garbage. <laughs> like, I don't get a choice in this. <laughs> I was so I've been talking about this some with uh, my long distance partner because we've been talking a lot about identity and the way identity shifts, and it's really like you were saying, um, Jay how I identify now versus how I have identified over time in terms of what I find attractive or who I'm attracted to has definitely moved all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I'm dating three cis white men, two of whom identify as straight. (laughs) And And you've identified as a lesbian in the past. I have, yeah. Yeah. really interesting. That doesn't really make any sense. And I kind of... Like I said that at the time that I was married because it made sense yeah. in the mm-hmm. context of my marriage, which was monogamous. But I always, I like, I always knew that wasn't a hundred percent true. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's been a very <laughs> long time since I had sex with a woman, and <laughs> I'm kind of okay. Like, am I straight? Like, I'm not straight. No. I have children with another woman like i'm never gonna not be socially queer because my kids are gonna have two moms yeah. for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. and so i you know whatever might be going on inside my mind or that i might be doing sexually i gotta just own it like mm-hmm. i'm i'm queer mm-hmm. yeah. and queer is such an awesome umbrella term that can just be like i'm whatever yeah. I, am, I am me you know yeah right and i love that i love that about the term so I was um, talking to a, my coworker recently, and and 
and they were asking me kind of questions about my sexual identity and I was talking about how like well I'm dating more men for sure than women but I'm, I'm open to you know anyone on the gender spectrum and how but I, I often feel more romantic feelings for men than I do women or maybe it comes faster to me or something like that and or easier to me and they were like but have you been in love with women and I'm like yeah and they're like well Okay. They don't like, uh, yeah, I have in the past, you know, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, well, well, yeah, it's just harder. It's just, I, I think like it's, it is harder to meet and date someone when you're bisexual and uh, of, of the same sex as you. It's just, there are less people out there. They're just, mm-hmm. a, they're, it's a, a tinier um, population of people who are willing to date bisexual people and people who are date, willing to date poly people because they mm-hmm. all think we're unicorn hunters and <laughs> that's fair. That totally <laughs> makes sense. You know, I don't, I don't uh, judge anyone for assuming that because it, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it is really difficult, but like, yeah, it's just kind of how you feel and how you identify. So it's, nobody gets to police that. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> and it's not probably static. Right. And it, yeah, yeah. it is always changing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I was also thinking about the fact that demisexual people end up dating their friends a lot. And how, <laughs> it doesn't make sense, right? Uh-huh. It, it does, yeah. but it's also a little complicated. Yes. Uh-huh. And and how does that work? Um, I would say in the poly community, it works a lot easier. But what about all those other, like, what about monogamous demisexual people? What are they doing? You know? Yeah. How? <laughs> Maybe that's how where you read all it? those, I'm married to my best friend. Kinds oh, of yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, Maybe. you know, theorizing. Mm-hmm. So does poly make demisexuality easier? I think it does for me um, in some ways because I don't I have to worry less about what my partner needs to. Um, it's a relief to know that I do not have to be the, the be all and end all for them. That if I'm not sexually up for everything that they need or want, then that there are other options for them, especially if I have like awesome metamors, which I do right now. So, yeah, it's really a nice way to, like, I think I might never have realized or discovered the demisexual part of myself before because of that. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh, the pressure's off. And I'm like, yep, I'm just going about my house. I just want to putter at home. I just want to, like, build things and, like, do arts and read, (laughs) like, uh, be at my house. Like, I'm kind of going through a hermit phase, but... It's like, I can do that because my partner, who's super extroverted, but also going through some mental health struggles right now, can get support from other people that are able to provide that in any way, shape or form. And that, you know, it's not just like, or if one of us or both of us are feeling a sexual slump because of mental health things or whatever, physical health, it's okay. It's less of a crisis of like, oh, I need to go to my therapist and talk about my dead bedroom now because, ah, like, no, we're not doing that at all. We're just thinking this is for now and it's okay. I'm not hurting. I'm good. Do you think coming into a date, like a first date, where the person may or may not know you identify as demisexual puts pressure on the date? Because in the normal, you know, normal, quote unquote, dating world, Maybe the first date, it, 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 there's sexism on the table. In hookup Tinder culture, maybe it is, you know, but uh, in the second or third date, people kind of assume something sexual is probably going to happen or a makeout or something like that may happen. When you're a demisexual, that might not be the case. Uh, and it might not be the case for a while. Mm-hmm. So do you think that puts an odd strain or pressure on forming new relationships? Yeah, I think it probably does, especially if I were to meet somebody new off OkCupid or whatever right now, because I've never really done Tinder, probably because I'm dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Tinder never worked for me. It would be like, I almost always insist that we talk a little first. And so I don't ever have a completely cold open first date with someone. But even then, I mean, if I'm not fired up about them, we're not having a first date probably. And so in some ways, knowing that I'm fired up about them makes it feel less pressury because I may be wanting to find out what happens. And that's what's exciting about it. Right. You if, have faith that there might be. Yeah. <laughs> so that in that sense, no, I, I think it would be fine. But then if it was like a completely just like we've only talked like twice and all he said was like, hey. And then I was like, yeah, he seems cool. I mean, <laughs> then, yeah, I would have to really I would feel personally like I'd have to give a preamble and say this is where I'm at and what my boundaries are. And this is what's likely to not happen today. Right. Um, But if I've been talking to them for like a long time, especially if it's a sneak attack friend turning into (laughs) romantic partner, then 
all bets are off sneak attack (laughs) that's what happened with my nesting partner who's also my spouse legally um i thought we were just like being friendly and connecting and having great conversations and then my therapist was like oh he likes you Uh (laughs) your therapist yes and i was like oh i think you're right and then i was like i like him too so as soon as we mutually confessed it and he was wonderful about not pushing it past what i was comfortable with like he was never gonna put himself out there and perv on me unless i like showed him that i was interested right but as soon as i was like hey how you doing (laughs) and he he was like oh i'm into it (laughs) how how you doing yeah and that was definitely like a sex right away thing (laughs) well we'd already been talking right except not really because we knew each other really well yeah. yeah so i guess it's like where do you consider it the first date quote unquote because for us that was the first actual time we hung out with the romantic intent was definitely a sexual encounter but other times usually for me like in the typical i meet a stranger we talk a little we're going to meet at a coffee shop yeah no and i would tell them i'm like this is not going to be a sex thing yeah there have been times in which people um I actually like to talk to people online for a while, you know, mm-hmm. maybe even a, a week or a couple of weeks before I meet them. And some people get really weird about it. They're like, mm-hmm. no, I don't want to just be online talking with people. I, I, I need to meet them. I need to. And I can, I understand that. Like, sure. I understand also. And I feel the same way that like, I need to smell a person before <laughs> I know that they, I can be attracted yes. to them. Right. Like, yeah, before sure. I know I'm attracted to them. I need to see them in person. So I get that. I totally get that. But I also want to form a connection and know that I'm not kind of just wasting my time because mm-hmm. my time is very, very valuable to me. And I don't like to just go on a, a lot of dates. See, and I feel again. like I would rather go meet the person because I get a much clearer no or yes. oh, before you waste your time. Right. I don't want to waste a lot mm-hmm. of the buildup time. That's totally fair. But it's just a different mental. Yeah way of processing the all the new information mm-hmm. i'm probably a lot more like you Lindsay, where i'm like i want to talk for a couple weeks probably which realistically also i'm hard to schedule with and i'm busy right, so right that's... i can, probably can't make a date for a couple weeks <laughs> right like, well and that is yeah. also realistically <laughs> yes. true for me yes. exactly yeah. so, i better like i'm free right now so yeah. it can be yeah. like in the next I'm four hours, hours. Yeah. <laughs> or you know three weeks from tuesday uh-huh. yeah. yep yep so it works uh i also think that uh the awkwardness of of dating when demisexual um is sometimes amplified because you're either trying to form a connection or you are searching for a connection or you realize right away there's no connection and you're like this isn't gonna happen yeah and now i'm out on a date with them and (laughs) like especially if you like traveled for that date like i've gone to chicago which is for listeners who don't know like two hours a a good two hour drive through rush hour traffic and i was like I almost immediately knew. Oh, this isn't this isn't the oh. this isn't a person I want to ever ever be in a room with. Honestly, there's just like it was bad. Oh, no. And then I was like, great, now I'm stuck in Chicago for the foreseeable future. You know, I mm-hmm. said I'd go to dinner and a movie with him. Great, you know, and so and that can be really really awkward. So, mm-hmm. do you find that like awkwardness can be <laughs> the biggest problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably not demisexual related though that's probably awkward and maybe it's just a <laughs> it's just, dating yeah, people you us, don't yeah. yeah i would love <laughs> dating i'm thinking about going back to school for a master's and like maybe my field of study will be the overlap between people who identify as demisexual and those who have like social anxiety mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how i feel i am typically i'm also call myself an ambi- ambivert so like i really need introvert time to recharge but i really like people i love connecting and talking and sharing information and so I have to do a balance of both. And um, where was I going? Oh, yeah. But at work, like, I hate being in the office because there's so many random people just around and, like, looking at me. And I'm like, don't look at me. Like, don't <laughs> ask me anything. Just uh, leave me alone. So if I have dates with strangers like that, sometimes it's like, I have to stare at you. And I'm usually okay one-on-one, but it can be very weird. And um, especially if you do have that vibe of this really probably right. isn't going to work. Uh huh. And just like, I just want or to if you're get doing away. all the talk. Like I've gone on a date where I did all of the talking oh. and then I feel bad that I'm doing all the talking, but they're not yeah. contributing at all. And then I'm like, well, fuck, I'm mm-hmm. not doing this again. This right. is too much work. This is not how oh, yeah. I'm going to roll. Oh yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I've also Anytime gone... it feels like it's too much work, yeah, that is exactly. a clear sign. Why do it? Well, yeah. It's why bother. I've also gone on dates where I did not know from OkCupid if I was sexually attracted to them, right? I, I did not know 
um, if I necessarily liked who they are as a person. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go on a date. I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll take a date or two. And then I'm like, no, I really like that person. They're really cool. But it'll take me a while, you know? And yeah. I, I think that's part of the demisexuality for me is that I don't know off the bat. And I'd kind of just, I try to be very, very open. I like to say that I don't have a type when people see who I date. Usually they can tell I do, but like, <laughs> like I like to say, no, I, I'm very open. But if I'm on the date and say I'm doing all the talking and they're just sitting there staring at me, I'm like, okay, well, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, uh, you know, adversely, they, they are doing all the talking and uh, it's it just feels like it's all about them and they're very narcissistic. I'm like, okay, this isn't working, you know, mm-hmm. like so. Um, so, yeah, I, but it will sometimes take me a couple days and or a couple dates and then I can be like, oh, yeah. And Rob likes to joke that I go from zero to 60. I'm like, once I have decided, then I'm like, now I'm going to be sexually aggressive. All right, cool. (laughs) Before I was a prude. You probably thought I was a prude. I wasn't even going to kiss on like the third date. But Mm -hmm. now I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. (laughs) Is there a term for like being attracted to someone who is clearly attracted to you? Because whatever that Mm. is, is me also. Sure, yeah. And there should be a word for that. Like... I mean, I don't get me wrong. There have been people who are like coming on to me strong who I was absolutely not interested in and that I was clear. I was like, yeah, no, get away. Like guys in bars or whatever. I'm like, no, sure. no, no. Or people who I've been on dates with who are like really seem to be into me and it's not working for me. Uh-huh. But then it can happen sometimes where somebody that I think I'm just friends with or just a casually acquaintance with suddenly, I don't know if I just turns on the charm or, right yeah. and like they are clear or someone tells me usually actually someone's like you know so and so actually told me they were into oh, you yeah. and then i'm suddenly like oh, oh you are <laughs> like let me like, see oh, what's going on i see you this. in a yeah. different way now yeah and oh, if absolutely. i like them i'm gonna give them a shot so i'm like hey to all my friends out there if you know this is me and you were ever like i kind of <laughs> like jay maybe you should just tell me because <laughs> then we might date i don't know <laughs> well you were talking about okay, that is the cutest thing ever <laughs> Off air, you used a word about flirting. What was that? Oh, yes. So I'm an oblivious flirt. I have no clue, honestly. Like, I always just assume that everyone is being nice and friendly. I do, too. If people tell me, like, no, yeah. they were flirting with you. And I'm like, no, they weren't. No. That's insane. Yeah, I That's never. So stupid. And I probably have low self-esteem in the past or something where I've just assumed that, and probably, honestly, perhaps still, I think I'm great, but also, I also don't like necessarily always think i'm hot so i think people want to be friends with me sure i'm always like yes everyone likes me i'm very likable and there are a few people who don't get along with me i believe that and i like espouse it into the universe like yes true but then if if someone were to tell you like everyone thinks you're hot i'm like no they don't but i mean i have heard it from people they would be like oh yeah so and so is really into you i'm like they are what yeah <laughs> so i have yeah, no clue I, I, yeah i kind of like go into the world being like i love who i am i love what i look like i love mm-hmm. I, me as a person and other people that love me as a person cool but i am not everybody's cup of tea right. like i totally understand that and i and i go into situations thinking that i think you know mm-hmm. maybe rightly or wrongly but like probably not their cup of tea but if i am cool mm-hmm. we'll figure that out along the way but it is difficult for me to get signs like yeah. to figure that out i i sometimes just have to be like okay i need to lay the cards on the table i like you and i want to have sex <laughs> are you down yeah. too? you know like, like and i've had notes. that and I, I had people do that to me too which has been like oh, this is so refreshing I'm, yes. this is like what being an adult is like i love this mm-hmm. look a straightforward honest communication yeah. it's so great it's so nice I, maybe who knew we should go on <laughs> dates where we just bring like little cards that say like are you Are sexually you? attracted? Yes or no? Yes and just or like no. Check it. unsure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe Check need one. another date. Yeah. <laughs> That'll help. That's so hard for a demisexual though. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be useful because I never know. And I also am not good at flirting as far as I'm aware. Because again, I'm just trying to be friendly to everybody. I'm not trying to be a jerk to anyone. I just want everyone to like each other, get along. And I'm also really good at like, well, I grew up with people i don't agree with so i'm good at gelling a situation i can talk to anyone i can keep things pc with anyone and even people who i'm super not into i might avoid them for the social awkwardness but if they zero in on me and want to talk to me 
I'm going to probably talk to them and be nice, which is hard because then you get these like hangers on who continue to come at you and want to be in your space. And you're like, hi, how are you? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm going to go get some punch. I'll see you later. And you like kind of like ghost them in the room. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I find it hard to like give clear hard signs that I'm super like not wanting to talk to someone because I always want to be friendly. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have that too. Like, it's very difficult to be clear on a, yeah, not into you, don't mm-hmm. even want to be friends. Yeah. Like, well, I, I sometimes feel like a like a poly politician, you know, where I'm like, <laughs> I have to be nice to yeah. everyone. I'm the leader. You right, know? So exactly. Yeah, there nice is some pressure yeah. on mm-hmm. you for that in a way that's unique. Right. Right. Yeah, because there are people in the community who are very problematic. There uh-huh. are people in the community who I've had to have chats with about being predatory or mm. or just being like ah, this uh, this behavior is unacceptable you either have to stop or get out yeah and um but i have to do that in a nice way right <laughs> and then that's that's sometimes very difficult and sometimes right. people are like on an autism spectrum or something or just yeah. socially awkward too and they don't know and so it's like oh, like i don't want to be mean to you because i know that you don't know what you're doing is weird but like, I it's just also not really excuse. uncomfortable right. and yeah. not fun for you. And you want to be out yeah. enjoying yourself, right. too. Exactly. Yeah. Right there on the same page with you. <laughs> so crushes. Let's talk about crushes. How does demisexuality and crushes, uh, how do they um, mingle, I guess? I don't know. Are, are we more prone to or less prone to having crushes? Especially on friends. (laughs) Interesting. For me, I have crushes rarely. And I think the last time I can remember having a serious crush on someone was that situation with the friend who had been a swinger and like it wasn't going to work because of his wife. And like, I still have a crush on him. I am still up for it. If it (laughs) like if things magically turn around and they've repaired the things in their marriage that they would need to repair. But that's their work to do. And so... I can't do anything about it. So I just have a crush Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I haven't been around that person very much, unfortunately, because of that. But still from a distance, I've actually sort of like self-imposed an embargo on that person because I know that my crush is still active and I'm like, nothing good can come of this right now. So Mm -hmm. put it away, put away your crush. But I don't tend to get like big crushes on celebrities or, I mean, I definitely have celebrities I like and think are hot. Like I think Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) absolutely. Very hot. But I don't think I have a crush on him. I enjoy Which watching feels his films. different to me. Yeah, it's it personal. Feels, I yeah. think it feels more personal. Yeah. That's yeah. True. So people say celebrity crush, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever had a celebrity crush. Mm. I mean, I've had, again, people I thought were hot. But yeah. Maybe yeah, when I was in like teen, when I was right. a teenager, I was like, Angelina Jolie. Oh my God. <laughs> I was huge into Mark McGrath that. for a little while. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's like a 12 year old. That's gross. <laughs> you know, I was 12. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You, your brain was yeah. doing its thing. It was he was in. Candy's ads. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Angelina Jolie and Hugh Jackman when I was oh. a kid, like 16, 15, 16. Yeah. Those were my like top two. And I was like, I love them. I'm going to do books. anything for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interesting because there are people in the community who talk about crushes like they have 20 at a time and oh. are constantly. Yeah. And that actually is very strange to me. Yeah. I, I, I will be like, I can find this person. I, I understand that this person is objectively attractive, but if something doesn't spark an interest in like a conversation I've had with them or, um, or if I've gone on a date with them, I, I'm not crushing on them, quote yeah. unquote, you know? So yeah. I think it is harder. I don't know. Do you, as mm-hmm. maybe someone that's yeah. more hypersexual, get crushes? I, <laughs> I, I, I remember having head crushes, but I don't think I've had a crush in a while. Maybe it's because we're adults. Maybe. <laughs> maybe it's because we're like, hey, if I'm sexually attracted to someone and because we're poly and these other people are probably poly, you can just say that. You can yeah. just be like, hey. I mean, I yeah, now that you think, now that I'm thinking about it, I think most of the crushes I have had are like people who were not available for some reason. Like mm-hmm. they were monogamous. Right. And yes. like... This was never going to be a thing. So all that I got to do was enjoy it in my imagination. Yes. And then like, oh, yeah, I super just want to go have a cup of coffee with you at a break from work or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. you know, and then later in my mind, I can enjoy it in other ways. Maybe it's impulse control. I don't know. But I, I mean, now that I really sit here and think about it, I have friends that I find attractive and 
if they were interested or available or both. Well, both really. <laughs> Probably both. Then, both is good. Yeah, definitely both. If they're interested and available, would absolutely get involved with them, at least like for a quick and dirty thing, you know. <laughs> and there's, I mean, I'm thinking of someone in particular, and <laughs> we can tell. Yeah, they are a gorgeous human, um, but also, and and they're bisexual, but I'm pretty sure they're monogamous and mm. currently partnered and. Um, just also, I think we were talking about like that skew of like, are you 90, 10 by, or like, mm-hmm. what is going on? I think they tend toward men. So I'm like, I'm probably not that person's cup of tea at all. And that's fine. But they're an amazing human regardless. And they're doing awesome stuff. And I admire their work and I admire their aesthetic. And I like their personality. And I think they're real cute. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I want to be friends with them so much. And I want to hang out with them and see them succeed. And I mm-hmm. hope they like me. But I'm never going to like put on the moves with them or right. like hit on them and get weird. Right, because you don't want to put the friendship right. at risk. So I guess that's the closest I would come to a crush. Right. <laughs> it sounds well, like it. And another thing that I, I like wrote down in my notes is that friendships can be confusing because mm. I think that, well, especially if you're bi, especially if you have a lot of friends uh, and, you know, like kind of everyone has the potential to be someone you could be attracted to, mm-hmm. it can be confusing. And especially in the poly world where technically most people are kind of available. Like, yeah. you know, like most people are quote unquote on the market right. um you know i i think that the last crush i might have had like i was i don't know if i was coming on to them maybe i was trying to i don't know how you know so it's like uh, in, I, I was, in my way flirt, in my oblivious flirt kind of way mm-hmm. i was trying to and i think they made it very clear like i'm not dating right now i'm taking oh. a break and then like two years later they were like now i'm ready and i was like oh like oh. but i had put them in the like not even on the back burner i had put them out of my mind i yeah. was like now my crush is done okay yeah cool like now because we can't date uh i'm done and i'm gonna move on mm-hmm. and then later when they were like now i'm okay i was like Re- really oh i don't i guess i have to, to get back in the I zone i have to rethink about this am i into you oh, okay yeah okay this could work yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> like so. maybe i am yeah, yeah. oh maybe i am yeah sure. you have to like start okay. over yeah yeah the fires are slowly stoked mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well and it is confusing sometimes with friendships in this community too because there might be that like you do know there's a little some tension or intrigue and whether there's action or not that takes place as a result is like oh i don't know mm-hmm, like maybe mm-hmm. i do want this maybe what would it what would it mean it might be too complicated <laughs> one or more of us might already be polysaturated right yeah yeah, yeah. Right. and I, and i don't know if other people are like this but maybe sex is the determining factor sometimes it's like is, is there a sexual connection let's find out no mm. or yeah that was oh, that was really good that was awesome let's do that again as soon as possible mm-hmm. so you know um yeah i don't know maybe that's more of that hypersexuality part of me coming out that <laughs> That I can embrace when I'm not on birth control. <laughs> yeah. And I have a question, I guess, maybe more for you, Lindsay, because it's more demisexual. But like, I tend to also just not be a physical proximity, assumptive person. Like, when I'm with friends or acquaintances, I am open to receiving hugs, but I tend mm. not to try to give them unless it's already established that we hug each other when we greet or whatever. But like, I am never the person who comes at other people saying, hey, I want to hug you. And I'm also not like touchy feely. I'm not super cuddly until I've gotten into that relationship. And then I'm all about like physical affection and I I do need it. But I wonder also if that is part of people not knowing I'm into them or like I can't even imagine like trying to like give people physical signs. Like I'm like a robot of like. I need to deliver this message verbally. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the exact same way. In fact, I used to actually, when I would go to conferences, especially sexual health conferences, where there were a lot of sexual educators who were very touchy-feely, very huggy, Mm. I I had made a button for myself that said, I'm not mean, I'm just not a hugger. Because I I just didn't want to hug people that I didn't know. But when I got to know people, and like my coworkers were like, yeah, Lindsay's not a hugger. But my coworker who was a hugger, you know, I knew them for like Mm -hmm. three or four years, and she was like, I know you're not a hugger, but I really want to hug you right now. And I was like, no, you're my friend. Like, I would love yeah, to hug you. Hug. You know, Yeah, we can hug. And so I, I, I'm a huge hugger when it comes to, like, my partners mm-hmm. and the people I, like, I love and my friends I love. But when it comes to strangers, especially in, like, the burlesque world, too, where people oh. would want to come and hug you when you're almost oh. naked. Yeah, no, it that's was so creepy. awkward. And it happened often. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. It's, no, that's yeah, creepy. That's yeah. not, like, I am a hugger. And I totally think yeah. you're onto something. And I'll actually. hug you. <laughs> I am, like 
much more of a physical affection oh. kind of physical touch person mm-hmm. not ne- necessarily with strangers mm-hmm. but with definitely with people who are earlier in an acquaintance at, but i would never go hug somebody like after a burlesque performance yeah. i would yeah. feel like that's well, it was mostly men much. that were doing it yeah you know, <laughs> i feel maybe like they weren't is, getting the social cue they're right. like hey maybe. this is not cool right um, and i think there was a different social cue that they were going after or a different for, for, you know, for sure potentially yes yeah that they were looking for yeah and so and that kind of turned me off on like physical touch in a lot of ways and maybe this is uh, maybe it wasn't just burlesque maybe it's always been this way but but yeah i was i was i'm I don't touch people until I know them. Mm-hmm. And I was actually talking to this, uh, talking about this to a coworker who was teaching a class on flirting. And she was talking about like little touches here and there. And I was like, oh, I don't touch people on dates. And I was like, if, if you want to flirt with someone, do you touch them? And I was like, is that what normal people do? Maybe yeah. I'm not normal. <laughs> right. And I'm probably not normal, but also like, do people touch each other even in like small ways like yeah. hands and yeah yeah like you know, touch the shoulder touch the shoulder like... or and w- and when people do that to me it almost is like like a sh- static shock where I'm like oh whoa yeah. oh mm-hmm. why are you touching me but then and it depends on my dynamic like if I'm if, if they're creeping me out then I'm like that person just touched me what the fuck if they're if I'm really <laughs> into them then I'm like ooh right. I just rub knees with you know yes. like when I, before I mm-hmm. start, before I was dating Rob I went to a burlesque show with him and my knees my knee was touching his the whole show and I was like this is so exciting That's a big you know deal. and it was just yeah. my knee yeah yes I feel the same um like again I'll use that ex- same example person that I opted not to to go further with um but he and i like we had attended a show and it was me and him and his wife were in the audience watching my partner perform and um i was sitting next to him so like he was in the middle he's a sandwich and <laughs> at the time we were exploring this idea and they both seemed very into it and she even seemed like she was interested so it sounded like it seemed like maybe i was gonna be their unicorn at first and i was like yeah i'm down because <laughs> she's also very attractive um but then it kind of evolved into he's more communicative um at least in the way that i communicate and so the two of us ended up connecting more and maybe that was why i don't know like because she never like texted me or like messaged me or talked to me and anyway so you gotta talk to me but sitting there next to each other the knee thing yeah, yeah. definitely i was like Ooh. <laughs> but we Sometimes weren't even a like little elbow right but and i was like oh, do i like pull away because normally my instinct is if my knee touches someone next to me that i'm not engaged with romantically or like family or whatever i'm like "Mm." oh sorry stay in my bubble yeah Yeah. Yeah. but then with him i was like i'm gonna let this linger and see you Mm -hmm. know so that's my version of like touch (laughs) flirt i guess i think that is (sighs) touch flirting yeah for sure that is but i also think like i'm less i I try to be conscious of people who are not huggy not touchers Mm -hmm. and not invade their space too much Mm -hmm. but it is not my natural way of being like my natural way of being would be to with somebody that I'm friendly with, mm-hmm. you know, there would be that sort of little bit of a touch and, and maybe I'm just touch averse. I don't know, because I hear other people talk about their poly relationships and dynamics and how they really like would love just like a literal pile of humans on each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. And to me, that sounds horrible. <laughs> I'm like, no, I want to be with like one, maybe two other people. I also don't want us to touch unless we're doing it on purpose. Like, I, and I want my space when I sleep. Like, I just don't like a lot of maximum body contact at all times. Well, and I think it's a problem in the world. Maybe it's maybe it's mostly America, like uh, us focused that people are uh, touch starved. Mm, you know, like they just yeah. don't. And it's people like me who like have a bubble. And even at work when someone's making a point and they touch my arm, I'm like, I'm going to step away. If, yes. I'm going to step a foot away from you. And then I'm going to have a continuous conversation because I, I don't want you to touch me mm-hmm. while you're talking to me. And uh, and it's not it's not uh, harmful in any way. I right. just don't like it. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't let that happen. And <laughs> because that's probably common and our bubbles are usually like two or three feet. People just do not touch each other. Mm-hmm. People get really starved for that kind of attention. And I... I can understand um, how, how if, if even your partner also has that aversion that it can mm. get really tough oh, for yeah. those people who really need it, you know? Yeah. Though to a certain extent, that is one of the great benefits of poly, poly. right? Yes. Because exactly. if you are a person who really needs that, you can seek out other partners who are like that, whether mm-hmm. right. you're, whether that's true of all of your partners or not. Mm-hmm. I've even had an instance where I was on a trip. Um, I was actually going to a training for our whole lives um, education. It was in Kentucky. So I went by myself. I was there. 
and um a partner's home alone and he just was like i really need some sort of just like cuddle touch from somebody and we had a friend who's very like let me hug everybody all the time so and this is a platonic friend it's not a poly friend they're mono and he's like i think i'm gonna hang out with this friend is that cool like do you have any problem if like we cuddle and i was like of course not i trust that friend and i was like even if you more than cuddle that's fine it's up to you guys of course and um, we ended up having a joking name for this friend. We call them our cuddle nanny because <laughs> it went so well. They had such a blast and like they kind of flirted a little bit too, but the friend is very clearly monogamous and like incredulous about polyamory or non-monogamy, but also like they want a partner for themselves to be monogamous with. So like they are not like quote unquote right, it's a not threat. Meet their like, needs right. to be. So they're not going to date my partner because they're like, no, I would want you for myself, not and like they they yeah, don't want them that way, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. your partner is a pretty flirty person. Yes, yes. So he is. I can see where he <laughs> could bring that energy, uh-huh. not with any intent, but no. just it's part of his personality. It is, which is part of why I had no idea he was flirting with me for so long too, because mm-hmm. I was like, he's just like that with everybody. But it was fun for them, and it worked out nicely, and they got some cuddling that they both wanted and needed, and they went their separate ways, and it was awesome. So I was like, this is amazing. I don't even have to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is so good. I think uh, there's a there's a group out there called the Cuddlists, <laughs> who are professional cuddlers. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, and it's really cool. Um, there's only like two or three in Milwaukee that I know of, because they, they have to be certified, because oh. otherwise... I saw somebody just, with a bumper mm-hmm. sticker that yeah. said they were certified. Oh my God, I'm so yeah, glad that they are. There's a lot in Chicago. There's a lot in Madison. And there was, I think, in Madison, a um, like a home that had started uh, to like offer cuddle services from out of their home, but it got shut down because they were like, is this sex work? And they're like, no, oh, there's no sex. No. But it was in this like gray area where, well, you're touching someone, you're cuddling them, you're giving them enjoyment, and God forbid. So it was a massage. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even as intense, like I. Well, maybe it was intimate, right? But not as physical. Right. As yeah, massage. they were not yeah. less naked. naked. <laughs> no, no, no. And every yeah, like the and huh. if you can, you can go to Cuddlist, probably just like Cuddlist.com or something. But um, there are and I'll maybe I'll, li- I'll link uh, Cuddlist uh, yeah. websites because you can find one in your area. They're sh- they're they're very rule you know oriented. They're mm-hmm. very professional, and like this is for people who are touch starved and who need this you pay probably like an hourly rate and Mm -hmm. you either go to their house, they come to your house. I'm not really sure, but uh, set up an arrangement where uh, you can get your touch needs met by a professional who knows what they're doing. Mm. My partner is job hunting and I think you should (laughs) (laughs) You do a really good job. Yeah. And there are men and women. I was actually surprised. I thought it would be like a a, a fully woman field. It's not. Mm. There are men and women. Yeah. He should look into becoming he a certified cuddler. Really I've yeah. even said so before. I've told him, I'm pretty sure people do this. You should. <laughs> He's so good. He's a great cuddler. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the last things that I had on my notes that I thought would be interesting is, do people think of you as prudish at all because of the the need to form an emotional connection? Because I've felt prudish just like in my own being of of being like, you know, needing a, maybe a year to get to know someone or <laughs> like usually less usually less but um but there have been times in which I've gone on dates consistently for eight months before anything happened um and mm. and, and at that point I was like is this friendship yeah. oh no I don't know <laughs> actually this is maybe this is just a friendship right. um so those are, the, those are the confusing relationships those are very confusing yeah. yeah I have never been called a prude or had anyone like I guess expressed dissatisfaction that I wasn't getting more sexual with them, except in like one instance. Um, this didn't call me a prude, but there was someone I had been dating off of OK Cupid, where it was another instance of I didn't see them as attractive off the bat, but they were not unappealing. I'll say like I didn't find them, you know, hideous or like grotesque. <laughs> I You're just... not grotesque. I'll go with you again. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I have low standards. Thank though. you. I do not have low standards. I just yeah. don't ever know. Like, cause everybody's different. And my experience has taught me that who knows who I'll be into. So I was open and we went on a couple of dates. We really talked a lot. We hit it off that way. So I was like, yeah, I'm interested in still seeing you. But what she was looking for was someone to have sex with. Um, she had a male partner who was, 
like middle distance, I'll call it. They were not living together um, and no plans to, but they were very serious um, and they had different kind of schedules. So just she wasn't getting the sex and such that she was after out of that relationship alone and wanted someone else to come in and do that. I think she was also sort of looking for someone to, I don't know, she wasn't looking for a dom, but like someone to be the aggressor. Mm -hmm. And I can be the aggressor, but I have to be, you know, real into the person. Right. And so it doesn't happen off the bat. And I was in up, you know, like up for the idea of becoming that, but I had to get some feedback from her that she was like interested. And every time that we would talk or see each other, I didn't get the vibe off her that she was sexually into me. And so I was like, I can't come on to you unless I think you're into me. And we just, it wasn't happening, you know, after a couple of months. And so finally I said, I'm sorry, but this is just not quite happening for me and um i said i'd love to stay friends with you i think you're very cool and i'm get along with you well and she said i'm sorry honestly i have so many friends already it's really not what i'm looking for and you were nice but that's like i'm I, no i don't have time for that i was like oh oh and i'm not crying i just my eyes watering from allergies <laughs> no, over here. i'm not like having a tear over her are you allergic to cats too no oh, okay. i well maybe i have four so that's not oh, that i've I got like <laughs> i'm good here though i'm just saying i'm not crying about this person that <laughs> wouldn't this random me. person who you went out with for a little while no yeah so that was the only time that someone seemed like dissatisfied with my inability to perform i guess so to speak um, and I did like i kissed her and i liked it and i wanted to kiss her again like i was interested in going forward and trying but um she was just like, eh. So, well, okay, fine. Yeah. You know. I also wonder if, um, have you ever dated a, another person who's demisexual? I don't think I have. I feel like I've dated mm. a lot of people who are, I don't know. Good question. I have no idea. I actually don't either. I've yeah, I mean, asked. that's a good question in terms of, <laughs> I, I feel like, I, I think, I think I have. Uh-huh. I think I would be inclined to describe my partner who is part of our constellation oh. as certainly being on that spectrum. I could, I could see that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know how he identifies on that mm -hmm. front, but I perceive that there is some of that somewhere on that spectrum is an mm -hmm. accurate description. I've always felt that he was a lot like me in other personality ways. So I could see how that might be. Right. And we were friends for a long time before <laughs> anything happened. <laughs> And I was I was friends with Rob before we started dating, but I think he the only reason he didn't ask me out was because he was like, I don't want to fuck up our friendship. Yeah, I totally get. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fuck it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck it up and by getting married it up so well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fuck it up all the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, that would be interesting. I I bet there are a couple people who I'm seeing who would identify as demisexual. <laughs> Or don't even know the term yet, but would are kind yeah. of that way. I don't think I have because I feel like everybody that I can remember has come on relatively strong with their intentions. And so maybe I've, I've definitely been friends with people who maybe we are both maybe attracted to each other, but just are so demisexual that we can't <laughs> like... We can't compute. <laughs> sure. I can think of a few people that that might be true about. Um, and I'm like content to have it be friendship with them too, though, is the thing. Like yeah. I'm not sitting here pining, thinking, oh, if only these friends of mine would just tell me, like, give me a sign. No, <laughs> I'm yeah. fine. I used to say the friend zone is a really good zone to be in because then you get zone. to be my friend. Like yeah. if you don't want to be my friend, then I'm sorry. Get you you don't get to be in the friend zone either then. Like, you uh -huh. just get to go. I want to. Well, like, and sometimes there are friendships that are a little bit more complicated. Yeah. You know, where you're like, okay, I do know that there's a little bit of something there, mm -hmm. and it, there may not be. It may not be a current time and space where we're going to explore that a lot. But we both kind of acknowledge that there's a there there. Mm -hmm. yep. I want to reclaim the word friend zones. I feel like yeah. it has such a negative connotation with like usually men who want more than. Yeah, who want a sexual relationship. Like, yeah, they want a sexual relationship with a usually a woman who is not interested in them, but who is nice to them and likes mm -hmm. them as a friend. And they say, oh, I'm in the friend zone. Like, friend zone, like you said, is a great place to be. And I've also self-friend zoned myself, again, mm -hmm. with that guy that I would love to do things with. But I recognize, no, that's going to be real damaging for a lot of us mm -hmm. and probably not going to go well. So I'm opting to remain your friend. 
And maybe that means that we're less in contact for a while while this whole thing like settles down. Or maybe it means the friendship will eventually end because we can't forget about it or like your wife is so upset. I don't know. But either way, like I'm happy to be your friend. I want to. And I'm doing that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're yeah. choosing that. Mm-hmm. And friends, friendship is a good thing. You know, yeah. like friendship, they, they're there for a reason. They're helping you right. out. They're support. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think I also have a little part in my OkCupid profile. It's like, if I if I invite you into my friend zone, that's a good thing because it probably means one day we might have sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. for Exactly. Like, as a demisexual, you need to get in my friend zone before you can get yeah. in my end zone. Like, <laughs> that is, okay. that is a shirt. great line. Oh, now that, we've got is a title. That the ti- I was just going to say, that title. is the title. The All first right. one. <laughs> Yay. Well, this is great. Thank you so much for yeah, being on the absolutely. podcast. Yeah. Thanks for agreeing to be interviewed. Thanks. Is there anything else you want to say that we have or advice you want to share? to ask? I don't think so. I I mean, I'd be happy to come back another time and talk about other stuff because there's so many things and um, I mean, I know I briefly glossed over our whole lives training i'd love to come talk about that sometime we should or... totally have you come talk about oh. that i think that would be great and i know that you and i right. katie are gonna talk about it when are we talking about wednesday tomorrow is it tomorrow it's, i don't know i think it's tomorrow oh i'll have to look at my calendar <laughs> i might message you later and say <laughs> okay. what day are we doing this but we were gonna talk further about that because it's a wonderful educational tool for um young people and parents and everybody really and i'm certified to teach it to everyone 13 and up from now on like and i'm about to get certified to teach everyone like kindergarten through middle school so that's a passion that's topic pretty much me, the whole life right there. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> our whole lives yeah, we're not kidding around here but that's my um my big thing uh otherwise yeah i loved it thank you so much for having me on it was cool oh, thank you it was a lot of fun yeah I'm glad I'm not the only demisexual, if that's what I am. (laughs) And I'm glad that I'm learning more about demisexuality (laughs) and also about people who are not as touchy as I am. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you. All right. So that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller. And Katie Williams. We'd like to thank my husband, Rob, for helping us through our many sound issues. And thank myself for editing the podcast so we sound smart. You can follow us on Facebook at Polyamory Uncensored, contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com, and if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored, and simply click on the support this podcast button. We will forever be grateful for any contribution you can manage to making this podcast better and more efficient. We hope you have enjoyed this episode, and remember, we we love love you. Bye. Bye!